Hey folks, uh, this is Charles Maxwood. Um, we actually, so I forgot to hit the record button when we did this the first time. So I'm going to re-record a quick shout out to our sponsor and then I'll introduce Amos and then he can get us to the point where I actually did start recording on the original. So a quick shout out to Hire.com. Uh, they are sponsoring uh, this conference and uh, they hold an auction where companies from San Francisco, New York, and LA uh, bid on Ruby developers and other developers, um, providing them with salary and equity up front. Um, users or applicants are under no obligation to accept any offers, uh, but if you do accept an offer, then they pay out $2,000 bonus. If you use our code, however, that's rubyremoteconf, um, so go to hire.com slash rubyremoteconf, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. So if you're looking for a job or know someone who is, go check it out. They also do a referral, and referrals are worth $1,337. So if you refer somebody, then you can get cash. So um, they're our sponsor. We love them. We appreciate them. Um, this talk is The Route Less Traveled. Um, it's done by Amos King. Amos uh, is an independent developer and owner of Binary Noggin in the small town of St. James, Missouri. You may have heard of the wine there, but the only thing to do is to get better at building software. He, he's been working with Ruby since 2005 and running the St. Louis Ruby Group since 2011. Uh, Amos enjoys being the host of the Agile, This Agile Life, a panel podcast about Agile software development. And when he isn't tinkering with electronics or playing with his five kids, he can be found strumming away on his ukulele. So uh, welcome back, Amos. Uh, sorry about the recording snafu. Uh, we'll let you go ahead and take it away. All right, no problem. I guess I'll uh, go ahead and get started. Uh, I can promise you that this was much better the first time, so uh, I'll just try to be as authentic as possible. It's going to be hard to tell the same jokes again, um, but maybe I'll think of some new ones along the way, although I'm <clears throat> not very good at, at telling jokes anyway. Um, oh, apparently my wife is trying to talk to me. She didn't know I had to redo this. <laughs> so. Uh, the Route Less Traveled is uh, a little bit about routing, but it's really about um, us moving on as developers. Now, I was going to start by introducing myself, but uh, Chuck did such a wonderful job of that. So the, this first slide, I had to intentionally leave blank. The publisher asked me to do it. Maybe uh, somebody can ask Dave uh, tomorrow during the talks and see, see why you have to do that. Um, so who am I? Uh, my name's Amos King. That's the basic part. I, I'm really a family man. I have five kids. That's our uh, Catholic family umbrella is what we call it. I always tell my wife that we can fit seven more underneath there. Uh, but little is, do people know that uh, one of my sons is actually the doctor. And, and not only is he the doctor, but as I was going through pictures to place something into the slides, I realized that he always poses in exactly the same position. I am also the host of this Agile Live, as Chuck said, and a, the owner of Binary Noggin, um, pretty much a freelance developer. Started doing Ruby in 2005, and when I was preparing for this talk, and I said I started running the STL Ruby group in 2011, uh, the group members started arguing with me and telling me 2010. But as I said, this talk really isn't about the router or about me, so let's go ahead and move on past that. It's really about my evolution of developing Rails since 2006. 
And so I started looking around and I wanted to have a parallel story with this talk of, of evolution. And I started looking for pictures of evolution put into my slides. And the first place I went was uh, Wikipedia. And I, I started diving through all of those blue links and getting getting stuck. It's like an endless hole for me. I got to click every blue link on every Wikipedia page until I can't find any more blue ones left. They all have to be purple before I can move on. And when I was doing that, instead of like overall evolution, I decided that the evolution of the eye was a really interesting thing to me. Uh, the just the the process of what it is and going from from darkness to light and a focused picture. And that's really what we do with our software. We start with nothing and we slowly grow it and hopefully end up with a crisp, clean, focused picture at the end. We don't want a lot of mess and or blurriness. So, but in order to start out with software, we have to start out with our requirements. So uh, we have a website that has articles and means. Uh, I just use the Rails generator to generate this quickly so that we could focus on, on what really matters for us on this website. And that is that if you have a great article, you can recommend it and the count increases by one. If it's a bad article, you can unrecommend it and it decreases by one. And we have the same thing for great memes and bad memes. And just, it, they look really close to the same. So just in case you couldn't see it, I went ahead and highlighted these as red. So those are the only words that change. And our code is kind of like that. Whenever we write this, you'll see that it's just little pieces that, that change. But a lot of it is copied all over the place. So whenever I started looking into the evolution, I ran into um, the idea of eye spots. Eye spots are where uh, you have cells that can see, well, they sense light. Um, they don't really see. I couldn't find a great picture of eye spots. I wish I could have, but you can imagine what it would be like if I had one here. But eye spots can really only tell how much light, bright or dark. It can't tell the angle at which the light's coming from. You can't distinguish shapes. You can't distinguish anything. But it's the most basic eye. It evolved 40 to 65 times independently throughout all the species on Earth. So I, I guess instead of the route less traveled, we're really the route most traveled. And, and that's also what I found in giving this talk and also just working with other developers is that it, it seems like we've all followed the same route to get to where we are today. And, and that route is what we're going to talk about. And we're going to start out with the overloaded update method. So we've got those two things to implement. But we're going to have to implement it uh, with an overloaded update. Now I'm using ASCII NEMA uh, that is a terminal recorder and playback. And we're going to go ahead and play back a little code that I did. Uh, I didn't want to do live code because I thought I would completely mess it up. But as you'll notice, even with this, I rewrote this like three or four times and I still continue to mess up. So what we're going to start out is in the articles controller. This is just basic scaffolding. And we're going to wipe out everything except for the HTML um, just to simplify what we have to do. But even with that, you'll find out very quickly that this isn't that simple. So in overloading the update method, what we're going to do is we're going to check to see if we have certain parameters. And depending on whether those parameters come in or not, will change the way that we handle an update coming from the front end. And this was, was pretty common for people to do. I think it's less now that people have been using Rails more, but I still see it happening. Uh, especially 
when people first start using Rails. So we're going to say if we have the recommend parameter, we'll do something there. Otherwise, if we have the unrecommend parameter, we'll do something. And then else, we go back to the basic update. So if we recommend it, we're going to increment the recommended column and then redirect and say thanks for the recommendation. And then we're going to copy and paste. You'll see a lot of copying and pasting in here. It's, it's a pretty uh, common theme to, to starting out in developing is that you, know, you, you find something that works and then you mimic all over the place. We need to um, allow those two parameters to come in. Got to keep the internet safe, right? So go back up here to the top. You know, the first time I was recording this, I wore pants. But being a remote conference, I decided that I didn't need to the second time. So we're going to move over to the uh, memes controller. And really, we just copy everything from the articles controller and then rename article to meme. And we're kind of done. Um, so that, that copying and pasting seemed easy, seemed quick. Uh, but as many of us know, this becomes really hard to maintain, which we'll see here in a minute. Uh, I, I did make a mistake in here, and when I make a mistake and I copy and paste it, I then have to fix it in every place that it shows up. All right, now we get to the view where we need to add our recommended count and our links for recommending and unrecommending. Uh, I probably should have used a thesaurus here. I was going to call it like and dislike, but I didn't want to get sued by Facebook. Uh, but in, in a hurry, I just decided recommend and unrecommend, which I'm pretty sure is not good. So you can see the two parameters there set to true and the method set to put to force us to get to the update with our normal active resource routing. We don't have to change any of the routing. This is just basic scaffold routing will get us here whenever we use this. And that's probably another reason why we start with this is that it seems simple because we're only changing things in that one place, except for the fact that we have uh, two different models doing this. If we were in one model, I could see that, oh, of course, you just put an if in the update method. We'll, we'll find out better ways to do this as we move along here. There's where I did something wrong. I had unrecommend, incrementing the unrecommended count instead of decrementing the recommended count. So it didn't exist, uh, which you guys don't see here because I was running it in the background. Um, but I will run it again for you whenever this is all finished. We'll check out the repository right where this is and pull it in. This repository is on GitHub. I will also be placing these uh, terminal casts up on GitHub and how to run them. The uh, I just did a brew install on on uh, Mac, but if you don't have a Mac, uh, I will point you to the right web page to get this software. You can also pause this and copy and paste out of it, so it's really nice. Um, you can copy and paste program with me. All right, there's our checkout string. So we're going to check that code out that we just wrote and pop over here to 
these two guys uh, have a meme. And if you notice, I didn't write any any tests for this. Uh, I normally do, but I guess I thought this meme went along with it really well. I don't always test my code, but when I do, I do it in production. I'm sure that some of you have seen this. I think some of us probably live by it. Uh, I'm, I'm very big into testing, so I did not. The recommended unrecommended count worked. And now we have an article written by wonderful Charles Max Wood about the Ruby Remote Comp and how amazing it is. And we can recommend or unrecommend it. I really like this one, so I'm going to pump it up a little bit. So that, that's kind of it for the first pass. And that as, as we evolve, we change. So this is a, a land plumerian, uh, I think is how it's pronounced. It's a flatworm. And it has eyes that are uh, cupped. So it doesn't have the eye spot anymore. It's not a flat spot. It starts to have a little bit of a curve to it. Not a ball, but just a little curve. And that little curve allows them to distinguish light direction a little bit. Um, but but that's about all they get. They still can't see anything. There's no shapes. Uh, they, they can't tell a lot of difference between brightness. They start to get a little bit, um, but not a lot. They can just tell whether there's light or there's no light. Uh, and so now I don't have a better name for this, but it's, it's kind of the same thing is that we are just copying things around a lot. Um, so what we're going to do is go back and run another one of these videos for copy pasta. Uh, so this is where we start to see that we're in that darkness. And all, all we want to do is get to some light. And that darkness is the fact that our update method is overloaded. And let's say we have other things outside of recommending and unrecommending and that if starts to grow to where you have a case statement in there and you end up with an update method that is starting to take over everything. So we decided that, hey, we're going to add a new path and we're going to get rid of that recommended and make it based on the path. And we're going to create some new methods inside of our controller. So we, we start out updating our, our view to go to a new path. And you notice that we deleted the uh, extra variable that's being passed in. Uh, the extra parameter. And also at this point, I felt like now I'm building a recommendation. I'm either creating it or destroying it. So I decided that whenever I delete the recommendation, I would use the delete method. It felt more like a, a good API to me. So I started doing that, but I still use put. I maybe should have used create there for creating a recommendation, but I, I wasn't there yet as I was as I was growing and learning and evolving. So we fixed the show for the article and the meme. Now we're going to jump into the routes. These routes are, are fairly simple here. They're, they're not absolutely the simplest, but, but they'll get us there. And you notice the two, it goes to the recommend method. Um, we're also going to make one of the unrecommend method, and we have to copy this not only in the routes file, but we, we still have the stuff copied between two different controllers that we're going to be moving and using some extracting methods here in a little bit. I think this also allows you to name your methods and get rid of your ifs. And your router is already a big if, so and a case statement. So let, let it make some decisions for you up front so that your main code doesn't have to do that. Now, the uh, 
scaffolding sets the article it uses the set article method. I don't normally do this. I don't normally use scaffolding, but uh, in order to use that, I needed to tell it that it needed to set that that uh, at article before the recommend and the unrecommend functions. Um, failed with that the first time I tried to do this, and I was completely confused because I never used that, and I didn't see it at the top before. But it only took a couple minutes to to figure it out. So we went ahead and extract method. And then we're going to extract another one for unrecommend. We extracted the original update method. So it's back to its normal self. That's kind of nice because we're getting back to clear base scaffolding, which makes um, starting out in development a lot easier. And I, I go to save here. And there's an error. And I didn't know what it was, but my extract method didn't really realize what parameter my method should be taking. And, and I think that some of you probably have noticed that already. You also notice that uh, I spell unrecommend wrong quite a few times. I uh, did it right that time, so I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I always want to leave out that last in. I don't know why, I just typing away. So now we need to repeat that same thing in the memes controller. So again, we're this is why I called it copy boss. So even though the first one was copying, it just felt like we were copying a lot more by having all these methods all over the place that are all very, very similar to each other. Um, and really, we're developing by copying. I just pasted the article stuff in here, and then we're going to delete the original update. And then go back to renaming our variables so that everything says meme instead of article. Ooh, and I, I typed it right that time. If you ever run into anybody who's worked with me or you've looked at my Twitter account long enough, you realize that I make all kinds of typos and I'm pretty unapologetic when it comes to Twitter. So I realized after I started to type this that I actually spelled it wrong every single time in this file. Only on unrecommend. Recommend apparently I can spell just fine. And then I go back in here and I'm just double checking because there I misspelled it there. And since I probably copied and pasted it, it's probably misspelled in the other one. All right, now we're down to a check-in. You can also go onto the, the GitHub and pull down this work through branch and just step through the commits if you want to instead of watching these videos. All right, so there's our revision that we need to check out. Go ahead and check out. All right, that puts us at this copy pasta level, and let's make sure that our server is still working here. Let's see. Need to refresh. Can we recommend this? Oh, recommend and unrecommend still working. Let's check over out on the other one. Recommend and unrecommend. Perfect. Okay. Um, so the the next step in the ocular evolution is we have that little dip cup eye, but now the eye starts to cup around a little more, almost like a hollowed out golf ball with a pinhole in it. 
the Nautilus's eye is like this. It, it's, a, it's called a deep cup eye. There's a much smaller opening, which starts to get some true imaging. You can actually see what things are a little bit. It's pretty blurry, but there's some fine directional sensing. Since that hole is so small, it really allows just light to hit on a specific side inside that eye. Uh, but it has really poor resolution and everything looks really dim, mainly because you don't have a lens or anything to focus. And with not having a cornea, the Nautilus also has to live in the water. So it's really the development of the cornea that allowed us to come out of the water. All right, so as uh, I kind of started to notice before was that we had that uh, delete method and that we, we started to really have um, our own uh, resource, which is a recommendation or an article recommendation or a meme recommendation. And, and it really did start to come out of the fact that I started using delete for the HTTP verb because I thought it made more sense with the API. So I wanted to go back and make it more restful, but in order to to do that, I need to actually pull out the recommendations controllers. Now we need two separate ones right now, an article recommendations controller and a meme recommendations controller. And it's still called copy pasta because as you'll see, I'm just pulling this code up and these two controllers are gonna look nearly identical except for the word article or the word meme. And we can take our original articles controller all the way back down to its base scaffolding. So we can scaffold up all these little pieces of base functionality and then we add these other pieces as, as different types of um, controllers. So just because you have a controller doesn't mean it has to be focused on a single model. And that's, that's what I kind of learned is that now we have a recommendations idea, but there is no recommendations model. And it, it took me a while to get there and to realize that, oh, yeah, that's okay. But this, this gets us that one step further. But again, we have to copy. And we change to create and destroy, because I'm creating a recommendation or destroying a recommendation. So we treat it just like any other resource that you would have available. Now, it, it's even so much of a copy that I just go and copy the controller file uh, and to meme from article recommendations controller to meme recommendations controller, and then do a find and replace inside of there. Now, this still, you know, it, it works. But again, if I have a mistake that I made in one, since I just copied and pasted uh, from one to the other, we end up in the same issue where I have a bug and now I have to fix it in multiple places. Uh, I don't know that I had any here, which is great, but it could have. Um, so we need our two recommendation paths. We need to change that put to a create which makes way more sense according to our API. I, I like the consistency of the API between one controller and the next and that anytime I'm adding something uh, is that I'm, I'm creating and anytime I'm destroying something, I'm deleting. It's, it helps uh, focus your intentions and allows you, if you stay within those parameters, 
Uh, it's like uh, like if you play the blues, there there's a very small set of rules, but because you have this small set of rules, you can actually create some pretty amazing things as opposed to having no rules at all. And now we need to update the routes, which they get a lot nicer and they make a lot more sense. And again, they're pretty much one copy after another. I, I don't mind near as much whenever uh, I have things very similar in the routes, but somebody pointed out today, and I think it's a good idea, is that you could write a macro for generating some of the more um, similar routes. Clean up your routes file quite a bit. So you just say recommendation routes, something like that. I had to fix that, that bug in two places where I had spelled the link wrong. Go ahead and commit, and we have another time to check and make sure that everything still works. Let's cross your fingers and see if we can make this happen. Oh. Get it check out. And now back over here. We'll refresh this page, see if we can recommend. Uh, recommend so it works. Unrecommend works. And we have two separate controllers now uh, handling this, and our original controllers are back to their base scaffolding. I think it's a lot cleaner and allows us to stay more focused and we know right where to jump now if we have a problem with recommendations. So after that, uh, we start to develop the cornea, which is a transparent layer over top of your eyes. It helps protect from bacteria. It allowed us to actually leave the water because you need water inside the eyes to help focus, to block UV rays and things like that. So now that we have a cornea, we can come out of the water um, and it also does some color filtering for us and allows us to see more distinguished than what we could whenever we were like the Nautilus with just holes in our heads. It's there. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to get a little more focus. And instead of copying everything everywhere, we're going to try to get rid of the copying by using a little bit of inheritance. Like we just have to reach for what we know is object-oriented programmers and, hey, inheritance, that's the thing that you're supposed to do, right? At least that's what, what I thought early on in my career all the time is that's the first thing I reached for. Um, so this is, the, the thing is, the only thing that's different between the article and the memes controller is the, uh, what we're finding from and the parameter that we use, the article ID. So what we can do is we can actually put the finding of that into children. So we're going to make the article recommendations controller and the meme recommendations controller a child of, of this new recommendations controller. I told you that these would get faster as we went. So this video will start to get shorter. And I, I think that... Um, 
you can just see an advantage from from that standpoint if your code is ever in this kind of uh, um, situation. Had a little uh, problem with my swap files there inside of Vim. So we did the articles controller, and we're going to do the same thing with the meme controller. Now, you'll notice in this approach that we created a new controller, recommendations controller. And that recommendations controller is implementing the create and update and everything. And the only thing that the meme controller and the uh, meme recommendation controller and the article recommendation controller are used for is finding the meme or the article. And it, it's not doing much. And what bothers me uh, here is that, oh, it's not multiple inheritance. I wonder if I fixed that. Yes, I did. Uh, one thing that bothers me here is that we have we still have a bunch of controllers hanging around, and we have now an extra controller that does nothing really uh, on its own. Like you can't even really route to it because things will fall apart if you try to go straight to it. When it tries to call model, that won't exist. But we haven't we haven't changed a whole lot. Uh, let me check out. We're going to check that one out and go back over again to our recommendation. Yay, it still works. So it's even though now we've limited where our copying is, we have two places that are still quite a bit the same, but we have it in one place where if we have a problem, we change it. But again, I really don't like the fact that we have a controller that can't actually be used as a controller on its own. This is called the template pattern where you have a child that implements something that the parent needs and that the parent doesn't actually have that implementation. Uh, so the next step in evolution of the eye is actually beyond us, this is beyond our eye, is if the octopus or cephalopods in general have eyes where on our eye, our eye is shaped like this, and we have the nerves come in on top of all the rods and cones, and it creates the spot in the back of our eye uh, where we can't see. It's a, a blind spot, and the octopus or cephalopods, their nerves come around the backside to the back of those rods and cones, so they don't have that spot where all the nerves come in and spread out and cover up all the rods and cones, so they don't actually have a blind spot. Uh, and so that recommendations controller to me is like a blind spot. It's, it's useless there. So let's come in from the backside and do including them a module. And really, including a module is inheritance. It's multiple inheritance. Oops. Um, so we're going to do this include module. And really, not a whole lot changes whenever we include this module. We go and we take that recommendations controller, and we're going to move it like, like all good developers. We're not going to leave our module up in our controllers. So I'm going to move it down into uh, lib. Or live, I don't know. I think that depends on where you're from. And we're going to now require that. And we'll, we'll actually have to go change that into a module too. But we can now no longer inherit from recommendations controller. We can inherit from the application controller. 
<clears throat> so now we go back to the Highlander situation where there can be only one parent controller. So we include recommendations. We do the same thing in articles. So we still have these two controllers that look nearly identical, but not quite, all because we don't have the, the access to inject whether it's an article or not into the controller or a meme. Now we got to head over to our recommendations. In order to do this, we don't even have to change our routes or our views at all. Uh, so the recommendations now hold our create. I felt a little weird there with the module um, doing the rendering and everything, but I think I'm, I'm okay with it in the long run. All right, so. That's it. That's all we had to do to the include. Now, there's a problem with having the ability to have multiple inheritance here. And that problem is, is called the diamond problem. And I'm not going to go deeply into this. And I didn't even really show an example of it. But if I can include two modules and one module inherits from one, uh, one module implements a method, I'm sorry, like we'll just call it foo, and module A implements foo, module B implements foo, and class C includes both of those. Now, which, which method do I choose? And Ruby has a way of handling that, it just chooses the last one, but not all languages that have um, multiple inheritance make it that simple that it's just the last one, but there are also ways that that can be confusing or surprising to somebody because they expect one thing to happen and not the other. It's also kind of horrible to maintain. But we'll see here that even with the module, we're back to the exact same location. And we still only have one copy of the code, so that's great. But the big thing is the only differences that we have between these two controllers really is that model and where it's coming from. So. Why are we jumping through all these hoops and then we have this other copied piece? So that's, that's not what I want to do. I want to get better. I want to be the best. So I want to be like the mantis shrimp. The mantis shrimp is really amazing. We as humans see three primary colors. So red, yellow, blue. Uh, the mantis shrimp, which is kind of amazing that it's underwater since only blue and green light penetrates water very far. I'm guessing they're shallow. They can see 11 to 12 primary colors. I don't have names for all of them. I guess they can see red, yellow, blue, but then I don't know what else they can see. I, I was reading and found it very interesting that if a mantis shrimp sees a rainbow, it would go from one side of the sky all the way to the other side of the sky because of all the color spectrum that they can see. So that's pretty amazing. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be that perfect. I wanted to get rid of the duplication and, and inject that dependency, and I couldn't figure out why. Where, does, where can I inject this dependency in the Rails controller? And so this is where the routes come in, is I first decided to reach for the routes. Uh, dependency injection. So I'm, we're gonna start out here, and we're gonna write the code that I wished I could write, because this is how this all came about, and how I found out that I could do this, is 
I don't want an articles controller. I don't want a memes controller. I do want a recommendations controller. So unfortunately, we have to go back to this guy being a controller. Even though we, we just made him pretty and put him in the library, it's now, now time to bring him back up. So we're going to turn him back into a controller, make him inherit from, from our application controller. And this is, this is what I really wanted to be able to do. I wanted to inject that model class. So I'll go ahead and make a private method for the model. And in order to find the model, uh, I don't want to find it multiple times since we call model in there a couple times. So I'll cache it. And, and I don't know where that class comes from. And I want the params to be generic instead of a meme ID and an article ID. So I thought, where can I get this class from? I don't know. And I sat around and I thought about it a while and I was like, maybe there's some way that I can, can get into the params hash, but I don't want to have that passed in from the end user. I don't need a string coming in that I'm then going to call constantize on and then find because that, that is an attack vector for, uh, for someone who is not near as nice as this. But now, because I've, I've created this recommendation controller and tried to thin it up, here's what I want. I have two less controllers there. I only have one controller for dealing with recommendations. Now, the routes get really complicated here, but this is, this is really the whole secret to it, is, is that we can inject in the routes. Rails gave us this. So if you notice in the routes there, uh, there there's a defaults at the end and a hash that has a class. And that class that's being injected is actually a class. It's not a string. So you know that it can't come from the end user. Um, I actually had concerns here that even though I didn't want somebody to accidentally send class or not accidentally, but even try to and then have uh, exceptions being thrown or anything. So I tried to inject these parameters from the front end in order to see if they would pass through, but no, defaults actually will override the parameters, which is weird to me that it's called defaults, and maybe in the future that's not supposed to work, and I'll have to figure out some other way to do this, but as for right now, I can pass in a defaults hash, and those parameters will be available to that controller. So now my controller has access to this class method, or to this, uh, the class, and I've, I've injected that into the controller. I now have one controller, nothing's copied, and it's very generic and reusable. So now whenever I add a user or um, some other class that I need to be able to recommend or unrecommend, then we can, I'm gonna check that out real quick. We, we can just add another route and be done and move on. Uh, this has been super helpful to me. So let's see, can we recommend and unrecommend? Yes, we can still recommend and unrecommend here. So that, that's like the dependency injection in a nutshell. Um, so I, I kind of touched on this as our, I had some security concerns and so did other people, but I have not been able to inject parameters um, and so that has been like the biggest concern there. And I have not found any other security concerns. I've been doing this for a couple years in Rails. I used to use params instead of default. Um, yes, you can add a macro for the routes. Thank you. 
I meant to mention that, I forgot. So you could build your own method to generate these routes and then just have a really short, nice method name uh, like recommendation routes and you pass in the name like meme or article or whatever that you want on the path and then the class that you want in the path. Thank you, Federico, that was fantastic. Um, so I, I just wanted to add this, this one cool thing that I found when I was clicking through the uh, links that were in um, Wikipedia, all those blue links that I have to follow, is jellyfish. They have some of the most complicated eyes on the planet. Uh, they're very elaborate, but the, their eyes don't connect to a brain. They connect directly to their muscles. Uh, I don't know if that's all jellyfish or even if it's this jellyfish. I was just reading about it and I couldn't find which ones, if, if it was all of them or not, but I thought this one was beautiful. It's called a moon jellyfish. And if you want any of these pictures, they're all from uh, Wiki Commons, and there are links to them in my uh, slides if you hold them down. Uh, <clears throat> and as we're giving examples of eyes, here's some examples of places where I've actually seen people use this, is they've had controllers that were used for complex sorting, um, reporting concerns. So if you have people posting things and you want someone to be able to report somebody, you can do that. You can have approve and reject by administrators, which would just be an approvals controller with a create and a destroy for approve and reject. We have recommend or like or dislike, like I just said. Subscribe and unsubscribe, uh, adding comments, publishing and unpublishing, attaching images, deleting images, um, and, and anything else that you can think of that you're, you're doing a lot and frequently and you don't have a place to put it and that you're doing with more than one class, you can always inject that class. Uh, the big thing is, is please don't overdo it because I've seen people go crazy and try this everywhere and, and it can, you don't want to get to a point where everything in your controller is completely generic and you're injecting 12 things in your routes. Stick to one or two things possibly in your routes being injected and other than that, I would, I would look for a different solution. Um, so I, I guess that's it. I'm ready for questions. Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at adcron. Uh, my GitHub account, I actually put the link to this one, the route less travel is just adcron on GitHub. My podcast is called This Agile Life at thisagilelife.com. And if you want to read blog posts that never change, never get anything added to them and are, are pretty ugly because my blog is black and white, you can go to dirtyinformation.com. Does anybody have any questions? See people typing. So right there. Uh, also, if you don't have any questions and you have time, and you can either send me something directly, Amos A M O S at binarynoggin.com, and tell me what you think of this talk. I've never given uh, a talk online in a remote conference before, and I'm normally like up and moving around a lot when I talk. So if you could give me some feedback here, uh, that would be fantastic. I see some people typing, but I don't know if they're typing questions or... That's all right. I don't mind sitting around here for a minute and finding out.
All right, I'll go ahead and read this one. It says, I think dependency injection is the correct choice here, but I feel that it would make more sense to inject it via the module include as opposed to via the route. Thoughts? Uh, well, my, my problem with the module include is that I'm still doing it in two different controllers, and I really wanted one controller. I, I was trying to eliminate that duplication entirely, and I thought that the routes are already doing an if, and I really wanted to to let the route handle that because so really your route is your um, how how you create controllers. So I just wanted to be able to inject things into that controller uh, at the runtime, and it's it's one less place in the code to have to maintain. So I, I kind of I fought for this back and forth with this for a while, uh, but that's I, I ended up on the side of injecting in routes just because it made it quick and easy if I needed. A new controller. I was going to be adding a route anyway. If I wanted to, in this case, recommend something else, like have um, users be able to be recommended, is that I just have to add a route and move on. I'm done. All right. Well, it doesn't look like there are any other questions. So uh, thank you, Amos, for coming and sharing this with us. Um, we have about 10 minutes before the next talk by Coraline, so uh, I'm going to take this into presenter mode. Uh, you folks feel free to chat, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in about 10. Have a great day.